Good morning and welcome to the last episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast for the season. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host, Aiden. How's it, guys? Uh, it seems like it's been a dreadful sport week following the Europa League final. For me as well, the South African cricket team in the World Cups, it's been a massive struggle watching them play. Kind of reminds me a bit of Arsenal, you know, a lot of potential by just throwing it away. But yeah, let's continue with the Arsenal. Um, we want to start off with, you know, almost like calling the podcast more something like a dissection of the season. of, uh, like, Especially the first point that I'm to now bring up is like, you know, where do you, Aiden, where do you think we went wrong over the course of the season? I think it was, there were, there were three things that came to mind. It's complacency, de- defense, and lack of finishing. So let me go into complacency first. Um, you saw in the beginning of the season, the guys were amped up to play. They were eager to show Emre what they were, you know, fighting for positions because it wasn't a given anymore. With Wenger leaving, players had to show their worth. And I mean, Aubameyang and Lacazette were almost vying for that number one striker role. So they always were taking the chance when it came to them. The midfield wasn't a little set in stone. Gwendozi was playing his socks off. I think Shaka as well was also playing his socks off. Mm. I think these guys all eventually felt, okay, people are getting injured. Like, you know, our backline, Mustafi was catching on a bit of... Um, he was doing his own thing at the back, but he wasn't that bad. Like, he got so calamitous to the end of the season or mid part of the season, I think he, when he was fighting with holding for a position with Socrates, I felt that he was, you know, stepping up mm. in some games. But uh, I do believe that um, due to the fact of injuries and people not being able to be replaced after the January transfer window, they started dropping off with complacency. Then they're going to defence. If you look at our, our goals we've conceded, it has been real shambolic defence. It was... We gave the opposition chances to score. We never let them work for it. And yeah, that, that was for me a problem was defense. And then we go to our attack. There were some guilt edge chances that was missed by Aubameyang and Lacazette and other guys, but I mainly remember those two. And if those chances went in, I'm sure we could have been singing a different tune with top four. Yeah, because I mean, I'm just, just trying to. Up, like randomly through that point city right and i mean for me the thing that now for me personally stood out was the defense because i really thought with emery joining that you know there would be like a big improvement because look as much as i gave rob holding was a props at socrates they, they formed a formidable partnership in you know going at the start of the season and that but there were also points in games where you know, we, we almost like just rode our luck. We, it could have been, you know, kind of bad the way things, like sometimes when we would start off slow and, and teams would like get the upper end on us and, and, you know, take the lead. And we just maybe lucky not to concede two or three, then we ended up still turning it second half. So I think there, we still need, you know, real hard work needs to be done there. And then with regard to, um, what was your third point that you made? The, the finishing, poor finishing. Yeah, I mean, for me, there were games, especially... When you look at the amount of draws that we... Look, Tottenham lost more than us over the season in the league. And whereas we drew more. So, I mean, it just shows you where they were clocking up more wins. That You know, they were converting their possible drawable games. They were converting it into wins. And I think that, that is where you had that little... Almost like a mini... I can't even call it a golf. But, I mean, that's where they actually just edged us throughout. And I think that is where... 
a lot of games we either shipped goals late or we had to claw ourselves back or you know games that you thought to ourselves i think you mentioned last week also games that were kind of a given and we ended up just messing it up so i feel like you mentioned um two points you know two draws is is, is worse off than one loss so like you mentioned the draws did cost us yeah so i mean my take is not just you know we really need to look I mean, I know Emery has now said he wants to do almost like, you know, the way we're now dissecting the, the season kind of here on the podcast. He wants to do also like a thing amongst the coaches because they want to also now find out, you know, where did they go wrong? Where can they maybe strengthen? And and, and I, I just think, I don't know, we need a, maybe a different approach with it player-wise as well, but also maybe coaching-wise where somebody is even more hands-on with regards to getting that defense organized because... I don't know how many times I've seen, look, I'm somebody, when I watch a match, I sometimes look forward to, um, you know, when you have that spider cam shots, where you can actually see, you know, is this team actually playing their line, you know, a, a solid defensive line. I mean, and sometimes you always see three will stay, like if we're playing the back four, three will be playing in line. And then you'll see one guy either on the left back or right back or maybe one of the center backs, totally out of sync. So, of course, they end up just playing, you know, everybody onside and we end up getting caught out. That's why... Teams, when you watch us playing that high line, when we're defending a free kick, no wonder a lot of teams are now sussed us out in that test because now they're making their lines even right later into the box because they know we are so playing so high up, you know, trying to catch them offside and then we end up, by the time the, the late run comes through, there's no chance for us to really catch up to whoever makes it late, late darting run into the box. It just comes down to, you know, how Arsenal going to spend as well. We Like, you saw Liverpool's defence before they brought in Virgil van Dijk, and then they got, like, the Robertson prior to van Dijk and kind of rebuilt the defence. And I think that's something we need to do is maybe, you know, start from the back. I think Leno is an adequate keeper for, for the time being. I think he can just grow in stature. And then I think our defence needs to be sorted because... I mean, you can win a game one nil, but you need, but you, if the way we were also missing chances, I mean, we're conceding like two, three goals. You're not going to win titles like that, or even silverware. Yeah. So, I mean, I also now want to switch our attention now to, you know, the finances of the club because, you know, I like my personal opinion on it is, uh, you know, I find it kind of ridiculous how we've gone, you know, we've gone from that moving from Ivory to a state-of-the-art stadium, like the Emirates Stadium. And I mean, now you end up with such a big stadium, high ticket, season ticket prices, and even single match day prices. And I mean, we end up with a, a like, if you take now for, for this, uh, or the coming season now, we end up with a 40 to 50 million transfer budget. I mean, I find it ridiculous. So it's almost like, we're going to somehow have to fund, the, you know, by, by selling players off now to, somehow bulk up the transfer budget. But I mean, even as in general, say, talking now, a transfer budget, I guess, for top, like say a top four, top 16, I find honestly a joke. Yeah, I, I as well. I mean, Arsenal are one of the clubs in England, you know, over the over the years, maybe they're not past recent years, but I still, if you, if you think of England, you mentioned like Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United, you know, those are the three teams you or only synonymous with England. And I mean, for us, we have a 40 million budget, 30 to 40 million budget. But like you said, being in this massive stadium, I would have stayed in at Ivory then even meant that um, we would be having the same quality of players because I don't see the big jump, the gulf in players increasing compared to the gulf in stadium increases. I mean, like you mentioned, where is the Bucks going? Because, I mean, if we have the highest ticket, season ticket 
prices and all the massive ticket prices how can we actually move on from the club like building on wider player wise because at the moment we have average players sorry to say yeah there's somewhere we you know either leaking money somewhere where you know we're just wasting money away or somebody is you know getting the end in the toll or something because for me look you, as much as people are blaming Kurunke with the support and stuff like that at the end of the day he is allowing us to make use of whatever money we are generating being self-sufficient so i mean some way down the line something is happening in the uk where money is not being spent the right way or people are either they're being you know being paid overblown salaries then yeah i just can't see like how the club is going to go forward if they're going to carry on with this um model of running the club yeah uh, next point i was going to bring up now is you know with regard to that way I was mentioning the last few weeks also with, with our name change for the new season. We have now kind of shorted, shortlisted a few names. I mean, I still want to also discuss it personally with Aiden, with which direction we go now with regards to name and that. But I would also like our listeners to also, you know, maybe bookmark or subscribe just so you can also keep track on how things are going. And I mean, look, we've put up our Twitter handles and email pages also if any contact wants to be made with our listeners and us. Yeah, and I feel that we want to maybe in the next season be more interactive with our fans as well. So we're able to, you know, get your opinion as well, because it's very important to us as well to find out your opinion, where we can improve on what we can do better. So our social media pages will be much more active coming new this coming season. Yeah. And I mean, I also want to know, just because people have been listening to us, they also don't know that much about us. So... Uh, I'm Mone. I'm from Cape Town, moved to Germany so about 15 or 16 years ago. Um, I've been an Arsenal fan for 31 years. Uh, yeah, 31 years. And I mean, starting out as a, a gooner, a young gooner. <laughs> My favorite player at the time was John Dickey. I was an Arsenal fan from the 1988-89 season. So, I mean, for me, growing up, wanting to always be a goalkeeper. I mean, seeing John Dickey was... Back in the day, was also one of my idols, and I mean later on in life, it was it became in Perez, Burkham, Kanu, and yeah, and now I'm I mean it's kind of criminal not to have Henri up there. Although I, I must state that you know I've got mad respect for Titi anyway. But I went back to with you know the current Arsenal. Awesome I don't have I mean I've got people we can see maybe some potential in that like people like Windowsy and that, and and I mean I like what. Like I said, brings to the team the the bubbly spirit that that uh, Alba brings to the squad. But I mean, there's not anybody I can really say you know you you have that you have reached that kind uh, you know say the Vieira type status or the Perez or Burkham type type status. And you, how's your Twitter? So I'm also I'm from Cape Town. Uh, my love for Arsenal started when you actually decided to you know indoctrinate me and and bring me up the Arsenal way. Um, <laughs> I uh, I feel that um oh yes also to mention you used to I don't know you want to let the listeners know how you used to actually tell your school friends a uh, two year um a two year old nephew of yours um could name it almost most of the players of a twenty five man Arsenal squad so I think my love for Arsenal started from very young so from about two years old um growing up I think you know it started off with a uh, Ian Wright as my favorite player and then. When, when Dennis Bergkamp joined for me, he became an iconic guy to me. And from today, whenever I play football, I want the number 10 jersey because of Dennis Bergkamp. 
And then, weirdly enough, in the 97-98 season, I was a big fan of Steven Hughes. I could even I even had his name on my Arsenal kit at the back. And I felt he had some important goals for Arsenal, especially against Chelsea. Um, then I think it was definitely then Thierry Henry and Robert Perez. I just love the guys, the spirit they brought to Arsenal. And to me, they were absolute legends. And then I got really attached to eventually Cesc Fabregas. And for me, my heart broke when he left, actually. I felt my eyes well up when I heard the news. And I think I don't think I've really attached myself to another player like that. Koscielny was a big fan favorite of mine. But in this current crop as well, there just hasn't been a player that actually, you know, that, you know, grips me and like, you know, I look up to and idolize actually. So, but for now, I think it would be Terreira. Like for me at the moment, he can't do any wrong in my eyes. So um, back to Arsenal news, um, you know, with that 2019, 2020 season coming up in about a few months time, uh, what do you think is our way forward? You know what is needed? Do you think? Like I, I think I think sorting out defense, right, yeah. and becoming more organized. I think sometimes we're too open and teams are running through us. Yes, we don't need to have the best of players just yet. It can be a work in progress to get to the Champions League, but sort out the defense and just be more organized and tougher to beat. Even if it means moving away from you know the flip plays and getting a bit more of those Vieira, Gilberto, Silva type players in the midfield. Yeah, because I mean, my take also, you know, with regards to defense now. I mean, I'm I'm at the stage now as an Arsenal fan where I actually want to revert back to, you know, the days of of having a a Tony Adams, Martin Keown type centre back where they're not going to be really ball players, but I mean, they they're going to be a no nonsense brand of football where they'll take a, a you know they'll take the ball out man and all, even if there's a player. But, you know, if keeping everything within the laws of the game, but, you know, they're going to come in with crunch, uh, crunching t- tackles and that. And not going to try to do little stepovers or, or cry turns around the box and, you know, stuff like that. I've I'm, I'm gotten to a stage where I'm actually tired of that type of defending where it eventually becomes, like, calamitous at times. Because all because people are not, you know, more, f- like, focused on it. Because, you know, a, per- a perfect example also was, uh, watching that that uh, Netherlands England game the other day, where uh, you know John Stones, usually like when he used to play, he was somebody you know he was a no nonsense type of defender, and uh, at times I'm not saying always now because look he's been a, in a title winning team at Man City, but like the error he did there against Netherlands the other day, where he tries to do a I don't know if it was a drag back or a, 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 some sort of step over on the ball, and he ended up on his backside and. The ball gets taken off him. So, you know, things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for that, you know, that type of defender that's doing things like that. But you look at somebody, say like Connor Cody, that uh, that just caught my eye of Wolves. Or um, at times, Harry Maguire. Not always, but sometimes Harry Maguire is also somebody. And, you know, what, what was it was like for me, a smack in the face. Remember when we were linked to Johnny Evans at, at, before the season started? Yes, 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 yes. And people were laughing, and, and I thought to myself, okay, I just shrugged my shoulder, didn't want to really get into debates or stuff like that about that. But I mean, if you watch the way that Johnny Evans was playing when we played them, he was playing his socks off. And I mean, he gave Obama Young and Lacazette not a sniff in that game. I mean, maybe, like, you know, having those defenders could have maybe um, made a guy like, you know, Olivier Giroud more bearable to play with in a, in a Europa League, against in the Europa League final. I know it's a small, fine margin that. Yeah. 
you overlook, but our defense is too brittle and, and we need tougher guys. If I mean, I don't know, I'll back to the Europa League final all the time, but if Socrates had to be on to Rui instead of um, Koscielny with that goal, that wouldn't have happened. So we need a bit of more hard men now. I think we need to move away from this blueprint of, yeah. you know, ball playing defenders. We need to go back to the success. If you look back at Arsenal's success, we never really had those ball playing defenders. We had hard, tough men that you would be scared to come up against. I mean, it's more like their job was just to get the ball to the holding mid, and the holding mid starts to build up play to the attackers and, and not to the wingers. And, you know, yes, I think they're going back to basics. Yeah. And I mean, one thing I also want to add also, uh, if you look at the, the current mold of defenders that have also caught my eye, which I mean, I'm sure many will not, you know, will kind of scoff it. But I mean, look at the, the two of Brighton, that Duffy and Dunk. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was actually yeah. thinking of them. You still might read my mind. Very, very basic defenders. And yet, and I'm, it's not not just because, oh, yeah, they, they, uh, they saw off Arsenal at the Emirates, kind of. They were playing at, at Tottenham also. And, and I think it, it took a very, very late goal by Ericsson to see Tottenham uh, to see that Tottenham got the points, the maximum points. But, I mean, they saw off the likes of, of Son and, and uh, Mora and all that people. And, I mean, I'm, these are two guys that nobody did take note of. And, I mean, same with, with that, uh, that Cody guy of, of Wolves. Uh, it's these mold of, of defenders that we probably need to go back to, you know, go back to our roots of, of the old school English type of defenders. Yes, that's 100% correct. Even Liverpool, when they went to Brighton's home ground, they managed a 1-0 win only, and it was only due to a Salah penalty, a very controversial penalty. But like you said, that Duffy and Dunk, they're actually a solid partnership. And I think that's where we need to go back to again. Solid backline in front of Leno and just somebody with Torero to start to police that midfield just to start taking ownership of the team again. And you know, I'm also somebody, like, you know, speaking of going out of the old school way, but for me, always like when I look at the left back and the right back, I mean, my mind is always drifting to, say, Winter, Winterburn and Dixon or Ashley Cole and, and Lauren. Look, these are guys, they would do, you know, these... Now and then they would bomb forward. But other than that, you can always see them hanging on the halfway line, you know, lurking on the halfway line, so that they always in close support of the slow... Like, even though if you've got a slow defensive pair, if you've got cover defenders in a, in a fast left and a fast right back, you know, you, your job is kind of 50%, you know, sorted as a centre-back. So I think we need to also... That is another thing, because you have people like, say, Kolasinac and Montreal. They push at times so high up. By the time that ball gets woofed uh, over, they don't really have a chance to track back to, you know, to catch up. And same with Maitland-Niles when he goes forward. It's not like anybody in midfield is going to really chip in and help, you know, uh, tracking back. So yeah. it, it always leaves us hamstrung. And that's why it takes, like, our weakness over seasons now, not just this season. It's like the minute a boot get, a ball gets uh, cleared by the opponents in there from a corner, it just takes one long ball and the t- our defense is breached. Yeah, I'm going to give Emery support, my full support for one more season. And if things start, you know, crumbling again like it did, then I'm going to start raising eyebrows and questions of, is this the right guy to take us forward? But for now, I mean, we give him another season, another transfer window he has now, and he can build the team and mold it to how he actually wants them to play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I fully agree with it. So, you know, it's not going to be really a long podcast. Just look, we also you know, have things to do with our families and stuff. So I also want to now, as I end off now our first season of podcasting, I mean, for me, it was also kind of an uh, eye-opener. 
And also to say, you know, it was also a nervy thing to do because look, this is something that you and I discussed when you last visited Germany. It was last year, uh, almost about a year ago. Almost about a year ago, we did a, a practice round. I can remember still. And I mean, it, so, yeah. when I think when we were when we started out on Anchor and we were like I think five and six listen, <laughs> and then we decided, okay, we're gonna now you know use that as a stepping stone because look, we were at, the, at that point just using our mobile phones <laughs> as microphones for our podcast. <laughs> And I mean, now we've we've moved on to like Wushka and and, and Wushka in Australia. They've now also you know they kind of opened the doors for like your podcast can be sent and now to Apple and you know Spotify, all that stuff. So you know, also our listenership has also grown. I'm not saying we you know that big yet, but I mean it's also baby steps on the path to you know doing something bigger. And also want to uh, say. With regard to today's podcast, I also want to dedicate it to Jose Antonio Reyes because I mean he wasn't an invincible, and I mean it, it normally touches all of us that are Arsenal fans. And I, I mean uh, also want to uh, dedicate this podcast also to my mother, Aiden's grandmother, who passed away last year because I mean she was also crazy over Arsenal as we were. And I mean after all my Arsenal blabbering at home, growing up as a teenager. Uh, it made her also an Arsenal fan. I mean, quite a hardcore one at that. <laughs> and um, also, I just want to also add, um, also a big thank you to you, the listeners. You know, from the US to the UK, all over Central Europe, South America, uh, the motherland, Africa, parts of Eastern Europe, Asia, as well as our listeners down under. No, I didn't forget you guys in Australia and New Zealand. You've all made this podcast, uh, you know, a journey, a journey that, is even more special now. And I mean, we both thank you big time. So, yeah. I mean, this is my, I mean, I'm going to let you have the mic after this, but I, I'm just going to also say, you know, wishing you guys an awesome, awesome off season. And I mean, let us all come back upbeat and ready, go for, ready to go for the 2019-2020 season. Thank you and see you all soon. Bye. Thanks, guys, for everything as well. You know, you, you have no idea the, how the support, what it means to us on a daily basis or monthly basis, weekly basis. We're always checking our listens and seeing that our listenership is increasing and increasing more. And that motivates us to try and even better ourselves for you guys, the listeners, as well. So just thank you for all the support and, you know, the patience with us as well. Since, you know, we were starting up and you guys have been there with us, you know, joining us halfway through or whenever you join us through, just stick around, guys. There are more great things coming. And also a big thank you to you as well, Mona, you know, for without this, it wouldn't be without you, this would also be possible. My, my, my other half as well with us. So thanks a lot for that, the effort you've put in and all the hard work. You know, it, it hasn't been easy trying to, you know, every time getting the content, making sure we've seen every moment of the game and things like that. So thank you to that as well. And just, yeah, thanks to Wushka as well for, for allowing us to explode onto this platform as well. Okay, cheers. Bye.